This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. Chewy in a lot of ways, I have many levels removed from the nirvana that he is currently experiencing, you know. There's a lot of McNuggets between me and kind of his life. That's right. The, the last time I saw somebody reach Nirvana was Otterbahn Das in the main event. I have a confession, man. Shout out Otterbahn Das. What a <laughs> run. After we do the night shift in the main, you know, at Wind Down, I'll go back. Because, you know, people will clip. Yeah, and I, I forget, sure. you know, a lot of what, what happens in there. No, but Otter, Otterbahn <laughs> reaching a state of nirvana was, was, uh, but I, I hear you, though. listening back to it, man. Do you feel you've ever had a, a, a state of, you know, she, what would you say is the closest you've come to, to really just a blissful... Okay, you're gonna think that I'm just no, no, I'm not. that I'm being vulgar or that I'm like okay. trying to be funny. Okay. All right. You ever been so sick that you're working the can and the tub at the same time? After that, man, were you? <laughs> Wait, what's up? I'm just saying, dude. The can and the tub. <laughs> Cause you got an Earl in the tub. Oh man! No, I... But you, but you. <laughs> no. no, I really, I really, I really can't say I have. I've been that sick, bro. You... And that is the closest. And I'm being deadly serious, Were you traveling? Serious, Was this dude? like the stomach? Did you drink the water or something? I might have been. And I then don't... you're saying when that passed, you oh. felt you were in a state of nirvana. Yes. Yeah. I was born again, bro. You were going back and forth from the tub. No, simultaneous, dude. I was oh side saddle. Oh, no. I'm being serious. Oh. oh, man. I have a very visual, you know. I have such a visual mind, Dolly. But, you know. I couldn't help but really think of you in the fetal, in the side saddle <laughs> oh, position. Just, dude, just ice cold but oh. sweating. I mean, I was deathly, gravely oh, ill, man. You and I almost didn't happen. You almost got that lucky. And then I made it through. And here you are. <laughs> I can't believe you never, you never had the double ender, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a real thing, dude. You know that's why Coon with the stomach bug yeah, no, no, out I, there I, is yeah, so yeah. impressive. No, no, I got, I got you. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Can we just be a little careful on the fish? And then uh, when you came like out on the other the side of it, you actually reached I don't, a. I don't think anyone saw it. Yes. A blissful state of. I know what you mean about that, you know. But anyway, back to the action. Yeah. It was cathartic. It really was. Yeah, I think touch over. <laughs> Even just recounting it is, is actually okay. somewhat cleansing here and now. <laughs> Both going on at the same time. Dude, I'm For not real? kidding. You had to be in the tub. I was bent over the side of the tub oh. side saddle. 
and then it was a full flush, dude. I mean, like, you know, people pay for that stuff with the coffee no, Kenny, six bag, you know. Leaning on Coon. Oh. Yeah. Now. Both making the open ender. Apologize, he said open ender. <laughs> I said both make the open ender. Ali Stone started crying. Amazing that he muted and said open ender. Just crying. Coons <gasps> in. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to a spectacular episode of the Only oh. Friends podcast. That right there, my friends, that is Nick Shulman and Ali Najad in all their fucking glory. Oh my God. I've, I've never seen... I mean, they could just... They could take this bit on the road. I mean, the visuals that I have in my head. Just incredible. Sitting side <laughs> saddle. <laughs> I just want to oh, know... Man. I want to know what bathroom is constructed where... Uh, you know what? <clears throat> Actually, I already know. My are. grandmother's bathroom Yeah, I was going to say, way. like, my parents is like yeah. that. that There's, like, half baths where... Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just like a shower right next to the toilet. Right, yeah. You know, have you ever you ever had the double ender? Uh, close. Yeah. Close. You remember when we were in like elementary school and like the milk went bad? <laughs> Do you remember that? And everyone had, and everyone had food poisoning? How could I forget? Yeah. I came in and puked I, all over you. <laughs> yeah, but this was like, I feel like it was the whole baseball team had it somehow. But, uh... It was it was a it was a lot of back and forth from the toilet, you know. So it was it was it was sitting down and then spinning around and then sitting down and then spinning around. Oh, no. So, no, that's so never, much worse. Never at the same time. Oh my god, it's so much yeah. worse. What, what do you use as a splash guard? Oh, there was no splash guard. We were we were we were we were in the shit. Oh my god, we were literally in the shit. You raw dogging the diarrhea. You. Oh man. <sighs> Oh man, I can't breathe. Brett, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. <laughs> oh, man. That was the greatest cold open, by the way. Uh, history of the Only Friends podcast. Greatest yeah, moment a... in poker televised history between Nick and Ali. I don't think it's okay. even close. Um, I mean, what, Barstool's yeah. got to get a hold of this one, right? Like, we, we need this clip to go viral, I think. I, it's kind of strange they didn't. I, I wonder if they somehow didn't see it if Nate Missed didn't it. come across the clip, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, it, maybe it's even too vulgar for them, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. so. I've, yeah. I've, I've put a lot of time uh, in on the mic. You know, I was just thinking about this today while I was working. I was like, this is our 370th show. You landed. <laughs> What's so good about that? 370th? That's nothing. Man. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, 90 minutes per show. This is about 500 hours on the mic. I don't know. I don't know that that story would just come to me when like to, to, to be asked, have you ever reached a state of Nirvana? I don't know that that would be where my mind would drift to like Ali, Ali is just like perverse in a way that is so unique to him. Yeah. I think it was a very special moment for him. <laughs> it sounds like it was, Seems like Picasso it. It was heavenly. Perversion. Yeah. There, there's uh, a couple things at play. I mean, one you nailed it. Ali is a, a perverted psychopath. Um, <laughs> and combined with Nick, who just knows how to 
get the best out of him. And then the other thing that is perhaps of the utmost importance, this was so late at night at the end of day two, after a 10 hour stretch where you're just sort of delirious in the booth, talking that long nonstop. I mean, we've all had it where you Mm. just get sort of a case of the giggles. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. The creativity that, you know, Ali unleashes and then combined with, with Nick is, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. That's what makes them the best two in the game. They, they had me, they had me originally, uh, Kuhn is dressed like a drug dealer from the year 3000. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. That really was good. So good. It's such, uh, yeah. it's such a, so a remarkable uh, use of adjectives to paint a picture. Like you don't actually even need to see what Jason's dressed as <laughs> no. to know that he looks like Neo from the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a good one. There's, you know, with Nick too, cause that was a, that was a Nick I like line. Yeah. Watching Shulman and just being in the, in the studio when he and AJ Benza are doing high stakes poker voiceovers. <laughs> I mean, that might be another a level. I mean, the majority of what is said in that room can never make an episode. <laughs> it, Incredible. It's just un it's unfucking believable. You need to have a Patreon. shit that flies out of their mouths. Yeah. And so poor Maury, you know, he just has to sit there and endure it and settle him down and then hone him back in. It, it, it's great. I mean, it sounds like this is an opportunity for poker go to, uh, to do some uncuts maybe create a patreon i'd pay for it mm-hmm. I, i'm yeah, here no, for no, whatever of, lands on. a lot of things said that really just i don't think are allowed to be aired in the uh, calendar year of 2023 you know <laughs> just yeah oh man Shut the whole operation down huh? that's right shut yeah. her down there was a time and a place for it all well all the comedy aside uh the super high rollerball man this is crazy too that like this is all taking place with the super high rollerball going yeah. on in the background <laughs> Like millions of dollars on the line. I was just about to say, uh, one of the marquee prestigious events in the industry, uh, <laughs> poker go first brought this to us in 2015 and a lot's changed. You know, I was thinking back on this the other day, a lot's changed since that first super high roller bowl in 2015. It was a 500 K buy-in. Um, it's been reduced to 300 K used to be once a year where a lottery was ran for a capped field of, uh, believe year one and two it was like 56 ish 56 yeah yeah and then eventually it grew i think to 80 something maybe year three we uh, capped 20... it at 64 one year okay yeah maybe that was 2017 and then, uh and then after that it just started to really decline yeah that I, I think the the initial decline was when you guys took it overseas right the the first small one that ran yeah, although what we ran a really big one in the Bahamas, if you remember Super High Rollable Bahamas, I think it was in twenty, call it nineteen, maybe. Okay. Uh, that was large, but it, I I don't know if it was a combination of just actually we're not are we going here now? Are we talking about this? Is yeah, this let's on do the deck? It. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, so I think just a combination of you have an oversaturated Super High Roller market in general, right? Uh, and then Triton. I mean, Triton is just off the charts, bigger, softer. If you're going to prioritize, you know, a high buy-in event, if it's 250K magnitude or greater, and you can only play one a year, that's probably where you're going to go. Well, I think um, they were pretty sharp about the pro-am aspect of it, right? Where yeah. uh, they, they they did what the Super High Roller Bowl initially did, where they made it a spectacle. Uh, the Super High Roller Bowl was initially a lottery where uh, certain wrecks got prioritized and they were just auto-in. 
um, and then you know regs or uh, you know pros had to kind of win their their draw. Uh, I was lucky enough to win my draw two years in a row, and uh, you know bear some success out of that. But where I was going with this is, it's a far cry from what we saw in 2016 and 17 when I played. That field was 30% Rex, uh, yeah. maybe even 50-50-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. A guy like me had a win rate, you know? <laughs> uh, and high rollers weren't really, weren't really as saturated, kind of to your point, as they, were, as they are now, right? Um, back then, Aria was running like the, the weekly 25Ks. Um, but outside of that, Triton wasn't really in existence yet. You, you had a little bit of spillover maybe in the EPTs where there would be 100K here and there. Yeah. Uh, the, the big one-for-one one drop ran every other year. Uh, or it ran every year, I guess, at the World Series, but it, it oscillated between 100K and a million-dollar buy-in. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a ton of competition, right? So things have really changed in this landscape, and we truly are getting the best of the best. This year it was 20 entries, but that included re-entries, or was it still a freeze-out? No, it's, it's still a freeze-out, yeah. Okay, so it was 20 unique. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, uh, Triton, wasn't there a year where there was either a partnering between you two or an overlap where a Triton event ran and the Super High Roller Bowl ran alongside it? Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Oh, God, I'm so terrible at remembering this stuff. I almost want to say it was one of the original Cypress locations, but I could be way off I think there. That, I feel like that's true, too. Um, and so they did a Triton series, and then we ended it with a Super High Roller series, which concluded with, you know, Super High right, Roller. Right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, we talked about the idea of the Pro-Am, but that what is that? I mean, Triton's already doing it. That's kind of their thing. I don't think it really does anything for us. And it's not like the player pool. A lot of these recreationals and VIPs that are playing the Triton events are just simply not coming to Las Vegas or the U S in general, you know, I mean, specifically, yeah, right. We know Paul and Richard and, and, and that group, um, you know, they kind of had their deal here in the U S and they haven't been back since. So, uh, you're going to lose that, that aspect of it. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it totally makes sense that uh, you guys create your own unique format. I just wonder, because to me, the prestige is still there, right? Um, it still, to me, feels like one of the most prestigious events. Do you think that this could potentially take the place of the 250K World Series event in future? Maybe. I, I just think that... They have a they have a market for that as well. They want to run a you know sort of a super high roller buy in event at the World Series, and I can't speak for you know for Jack and Ty, and I won't on their behalf. But I just think that they're always going to get a turnout for that. Um, I don't think they're willing to just say you know what we won't run it this year, so you guys can run the the super high roller ball. I really yeah. think we're for for our end, what we just have to do a better job at, and that's myself, and that's really the marketing team, and that's really just putting boots on the ground, making better connections and starting that outreach early for super mm-hmm. high roller bowl to make sure that we have more players recreationals in, because let's face it, the more of the VIPs you have in the field, the more of the pros that are going to come out and play yep. and, and join that field. And eventually we get this thing to more than 40 players again. Well, timing um, matters a ton too, right? Like it yes, used to be yeah. the, the, it used to be more a weekend right before the world series kicked off. Right. And that was very strategic. Obviously, everybody was in town. I remember for a few years, the WSOP would front load their high rollers to accommodate as well, where it was like, 
if you played these stakes, you came for the super high roller bowl and then you got like 10 days of 25k to 100k buy-ins at the series as well. Um, that seems to make a lot of sense. I, I think that their schedule last year also makes a lot of sense where they spread the high rollers out throughout the course of the summer. And then Arya and you guys were maybe doing your own thing as well with uh, some intermediate uh, events. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, it, se it seems like there's a lot of room for collaboration. And I think that from my vantage point anyway, <clears throat> we don't get really enough of that in this industry. And the high roller, uh, let's call it the high roller uh, barrier of entry, is so great that the pool will always be relatively small. So there's a lot of incentive be between Triton and you and World Series and you know anybody running these um, types of stakes to find ways to coordinate around each other and, and make these really big marquee events. Um, I guess this, this conversation isn't necessarily going anywhere. It's just, to me, this will always be one of the most prestigious events where uh, winning and even just being a part of it is really something to hang your hat on. And it, like, like seeing Chewie out there was really, in my opinion, as somebody who's known him for a very long time, like a sign of him having made it, right? And got third last year before two. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, he got third last year too. He's I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I actually didn't know that, uh, which kind of speaks even more to the fact that, you know, maybe I'm not paying as close of attention to this event as I used to. Uh, and I, I'm also I, saying I don't, that... Berkey, I don't, I don't want to... Not to cut you off, but I don't think it's that you're not paying attention. I, there's, a, there's a high roller every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. it's like, it's yeah. almost like everything has sort of lost its, its luster. How do you separate? So, and the same thing will happen, by the way, um, but by no fault of their own. But I think the same thing just inevitably sort of happens to Triton, right? Yep. You're going to run these three, four times a year. Eventually, it's like, ah, okay. Well, we've seen yep. they've been they've done that, you know. And like, what are you going to do a five million buy-in next time, pro am? Right, Ten? Right. It just where does it end? Yeah. Um, so it's it's we'll we'll see. I, I do think that there's just a completely overly saturated, super high roller market, if you will. Um, and back to your point. I would like to see a little bit more collaboration, perhaps again between Poker Go and Super High Roller Bowl and Triton itself, right? Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, everything's on the docket. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating, right? If there's an oversaturation, it means that there's high demand for buy-ins above 100k. It's what nuts. a crazy world we're living mm -hmm. in, right? It's nuts. Like, there's only so many days in the year, you know how much how much yeah. money is circulating out there that uh, we can just put together 10 million worth of buy-ins, and you're gonna have people show up in droves. I didn't even know. Uh, and I know I'm sure we'll get here to some extent too. I didn't even know that the GG WSOP main event online event was going until I just saw a post today that uh, Giraffe, Giraffe went, Gang, yep, yeah, Giraffe, that he won it like a yeah. Bert smoking yeah, yeah. like 14 cartons of cigarettes, you know, uh, <laughs> at the final table. I just, <laughs> I, just uh, I just sent Guapo that asset. Yeah, big shout out to to Giraffe Ganger. Uh, just in his basement, literally fucking smoking <laughs> 10 packs of cigs. incredible. Just pulling 2.7. Is he like in a dungeon or something? Bro, there's there's such a sick clip. You, you have to see the, the photo that he put out of his setup. It's, it's literally just like <laughs> a, a tiny little desk covered in cigarette butts and ashes. Yeah. It looks like a tornado oh went God. through that place. Yeah. It's, it's really it's an ungodly. <laughs> it's it's very okay. It's time to clean that up when you're, you know. Table. Dude, there's a clip of him where he is like deep in a GG uh, like bracelet where 
he gets a set spiked on him and he just like goes like desk slam, desk slam, desk slam, and then rivers the higher set and just goes as the caption, Zen. <laughs> <laughs> All I can I can just picture like the, the butts vibrating yeah. off the desk as, right. he's, as he's like pounding it's his like fist. It's like tens versus threes, the guy spikes a three and he's just like and then ten comes, he's like, Oh look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Was but that yeah, in no, the same good. event? No, 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 different no, 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 different event. Oh, oh, oh man, so good. It's just, there's just no. never-ending content from Giraffe Ganger Seven these days. <laughs> he, he's he's up there with one of the best streamers for sure. Uh, <laughs> to, to your point though, Hanks, I think you're right. Like there there is a lot of demand in the MTT space. <laughs> Look at this dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. with the big boys okay. tonight. Well, it's it's truly a basement. He's I can't in believe a castle. Gets, I can't believe he gets Wi-Fi. It's there. a dungeon it puts in the a castle in the basket. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable, right? Like Gigi's running a WSOP series right now. Nevada, PA, and um, Nevada, PA, Michigan, and and New Jersey are running a WSOP mm -hmm. bracelet event. We have another bracelet series coming up in October in uh fucking Europe. What, what the hell is oh, the name of it? No, no, no oh, before wait. that, Kings, right? Oh, Kings, yeah. Are they doing that yeah. or no? WSOP Europe yeah. still yeah. All, yeah. hasn't even started yet. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's gonna be two more weeks of bracelet events in WSOP Europe at Kings, and then another WSOP bracelet series in the winter, <laughs> or the I don't know in in December. Bro, these bracelets are just like I mean, it's candy. Just, yeah, it's just it, it's popping. So <laughs> poppins one. Do you see? Word. Do you think those they're gonna like continue to have? The circuit events and the bracelet events because it just seems like that the bracelet events are just becoming more and more a thing and like well i think that well, the it's, circuit's it's always about been access a thing too. Yeah, yeah the circuit's always been a circuit, thing circuit's a u.s thing i guess no they they ran a circuit simultaneous to um triton yeah, they almost in had london. Uh, they almost You're had right. nat go to You're estonia right, yeah well they, they did it in london specifically uh mm -hmm. alongside triton so yeah. like you could like had we got, taken the podcast to triton uh Landon and I might have been playing 25Ks, and you and Conrad might have been playing like 1500s. Wow. Simultaneous. Yeah, it was sick. Which is, you know, sharp, but uh, I don't know, man. Live, live is I just it's wonder, an interesting bird right now. Mm -hmm. I wonder the difference just in the sense of, you know, I guess you don't want to always have it bracelets, but like what's the difference between circuit and ring? Uh, I think sorry, circuit, circuit and bracelet. Yeah, I, I think the bracelet is still more prestigious. It well, seems I also like. think just buy-in and buy-in level, right? It's just right, buy-in, right? right? Yeah. So, like, for if you if you win like a two fifteen live, you can win a ring. If well, you the win, circuit's just going to go to places that aren't really touched by the rays of the light like Choctaw, of, of bracelets, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah, it's going to be a lot in the Midwest. Yeah, Chicago, so, uh, Indiana, so Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Not, yeah, not the, Pittsburgh. By the way, if you will, running during Super High Roller Bowl. <laughs> which what? I didn't again know until I had to figure out where David Peters was because he didn't play Super High Rollerball. Yeah. W Coop. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, that the, was going on. I had no yeah, idea. It still is. It still is. Next week still is the is. final final weekend. Yeah. You or tomorrow's the last day of the main. You and got eleventh for seventy six. Did, did I read somewhere Bad. that um, that Benny Glazer won like seven W Coops this time, this series? Yeah, or something he and Patrick ridiculous? are fighting for number one. How are they fighting if he won seven? Patrick's yeah. won like four and gotten a lot of seconds and what thirds. The fuck? Patrick, Espen, and uh, Benny have just been like torching W Coop. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because. Wow. Brent, you, you remember what it was like back when we used to... I mean, I think I've played a total of three W Coops ever. But you remember, like... Yeah. My, my W Coop final table was like a... I think I played a... <laughs> oh, 150 or 250 or 215 shootout. And first place was like 100, 100K. It was like massive. Just yeah. Massive. Yeah, massive. It's, it's like that, yeah. But it's not now, right? 
Uh, it depends on the event. Like the scoop, the mains do well. Like there's sure, a 109 sure, main, sure. the 1K main, the 10K main do well, and then like on average, I mean the 215, depending on what it is, is still gonna get a uh, probably like 50, 60, 70K. Yeah. See, back then we were talking high, medium, low. High was six figures guaranteed across the entire For 215s. W group. Yeah. Everything. Everything that fit into the high category. No, I mean 215s were high back then. Oh, uh, yeah. It would start at 109, I think. 109 up to like wow. One, up to was 1K. a high. Now it's medium. No, they had like 2Ks and they they, they ran. Oh, yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Maybe they did have bigger buy-ins. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it might have like capped out at 2K. They they did the 109, 1K, 10K for a long time, right? If they've yes. been doing that for a while. Yeah, 109, 1K, 10K is very real. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the the low, medium, high main. They right. still have that. Okay, that still yeah, that still mm -hmm. exists. Yeah, for scoop and W scoop. But all three of them would get six figures. Yes. Uh, and the 10K would be and seven 10K, figures. 10K, yeah. The 10K seven. is always a million. Like yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. in this scoop W scoop main, they got 600 entries for a 10K in a six million dollar prize pool. That's great. So I don't think they. It was six million guaranteed, and they got six hundred entries. So mm -hmm. they hit six million, but because of rake and all that right, stuff, yeah. I think it overlaid a little bit. Sure. First was still like over a million. Yeah. So I think they try to make first a million every yeah, time. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is like the overall series is much smaller now than it used to be. You're playing some so. highs where like first is like fifteen k. Well, GG is also running shit too. They're running like what Bert just played. Yeah. I mean, um, full so tilt used to do the same thing. Pretty standard, right? Because back when W Coop would run. Full tilt would, would run, run in the F-top series. Yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. you, you know yeah. everyone's grinding, so they would just yeah. run these things. I mean, at I the guess same that's time. the sick thing. That's the sick thing about online is like when you look at live WSOP, other casinos are trying to schedule around it. Where for online, it's like, oh, we know they're going to beat their computer. We can just run this shit too. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's different. Because right? the grinders aren't going to. You can only physically be in one place where right. you're playing live. You yeah. can <laughs> physically be at multiple different online casinos on your computer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk a little bit more about this super high roller bowl. Um, Daniel was, he made a big splash early, posted a hand where he <laughs> made races. a wild fold versus Bonomo, uh, blind versus blind, five bet pot, where he elected not to see bet. I can't remember what the flop was. It doesn't really matter. Um, basically, <laughs> I think he probably had an auto <laughs> C bet, but you know, he was. Uh, the board, okay, so he five bet versus the cold four. The board comes king, 10, eight, rainbow, and he checks. Yeah, he started to play a little small ball. You know, just yeah, after, the, after the five bet. bet. Yeah. yeah, after yeah. the five bet, he defaulted after back to the five to what he bet and the range bet. Yeah. Uh, we're playing checks. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, backdoor flush came through. He didn't block it. He bet folded river. Um, and that was his first, uh, I guess, uh, notable moment. I wonder you what guys, Bonomo had. You guys caught it on camera. Uh, we did not which, have the hands, though, of course. We no, just caught yeah, yeah. The, the heat of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the other thing, too, uh, that we can talk about. The, the production of the actual event is very different now than it was back in that 2015 26 it really was a spectacle um i remember you a know super high rollerball coverage and shit yeah uh you know lamanna can kind of speak to this he was on set a little bit but like navigating those three days it was it was a big fucking production huge not, I mean, not cbs that, was there yeah not that it's like, not a big production yeah. now but i mean like it was every table was uh fully covered well, not fully, but you know what I mean. Like every table was a secondary feature, and then you had the main feature that the majority of the coverage was coming from. So they always had the whole cards, cutting away similar to the uh, what they do in the World Series main event. Yeah, uh, I remember Tatiana was reporting for CBS Live, and you know putting us in uh, in the blender in the interviews. It, it was a spectacle for sure. Cue the micros. <laughs> yeah, cue the micros. Um, how how do you feel like it being shot in the studio now has kind of changed things? I, I think it's way better. And, and just, you know, I, it kind of predates me a little bit because I, I wasn't there 
full-time for 2015 and then 2016, 2017. I think 2017 was the first year we got out of. The yeah. You guys didn't have a studio yet. Uh, um, but it was very, if I had to guess, it was just, you had your main table and then you had your secondary feature. So no, I, you don't, I, you don't remember this when we shot in the ballroom. No, I remember it, but I don't remember every table having RFID. Yeah. All of them did. And they would just cut through the tables away from the main. Um, dependent upon like when big hands happen. Again, it was only uh, a it was only a five six table event, I guess. Uh, right, yeah. we were eight handed back then, I think. Oh yeah, that's when you were limping and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, limping, limping is pimping. pimping. Wait a minute, yeah, you're the original then. pimper. You're just putting the pieces no, together. No, 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 I just mean like Daniel didn't give you your fucking credit for pimping. I know. Kind of scam. Yeah. Well, he's been limping since those early W Coop online days that he was referencing mm -hmm. as well. He That's started right. doing it online a decade ago. Yeah. Just ask Matt Stout. I fucking limp jammed on this guy more than any human being mm -hmm. on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just man, sort of button up the uh, you know the production. It is very different than anything else we do with the majors uh the masters mm -hmm. the open the cup i guess you, you'll call those our majors super high rollable we do day one day two and of course day three entirely live coverage with a feature table and a secondary table yeah uh, it's i love it because you get under the hood on those early days day one and day two and you just see a completely different show than what our traditional final tables you know really encompass and and honestly the final tables are fun. We, you know, we make episodes out of these for TV. It's a lot of all ins, 20, 30 blind stacks, but that's rinse, wash, repeat every single show. Average stack for FTs. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Bins, yeah. Right? So super high roller bowl is just so much better where the hardcore fans, you know, for you guys, for me and for everyone that's tuned in, when you want to see that the, the great players play deep stack, three bet pots, four bet pots, five bet pots, like Negrano's example, you have the opportunity to do so for super high rollerball. Yeah, I think this one really is for the nerds and brainiacs, not to uh, not to be too <laughs> trite here, um, which I think is great. I, I think it's also very similar to uh, not to compare and contrast, but like when Triton did their first million dollar buy-in, I remember sweating that coverage pretty heavily. Right? It was it was it was a unique event at the time. That's it's when, it's uh, a lot less unique now. Aaron yeah. Zhang and Bryn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, and Perkins final table. Yeah. showing up in the zoot suit uh just just bringing all the swag um yeah I, I don't know man i think these events are really cool uh i don't necessarily know that anything needs to change for the super high roller bowl but i i, I like the idea of there being certain events <laughs> on the calendar that we as a community kind of uh you know mark mark down that we want to pay attention to who did you want to see win this time mm -hmm. i mean chewy yeah but i see what you're doing here uh pretty good yeah it, it was it was subtle i like it uh not everything what are you doing here talk, talk to us a little bit about uh <laughs> the natalie boat interview of Negranu, where he got a little bit uh flustered not flustered annoyed let's say at the line of questioning perturbed perturbed yeah um if you will. i i was i saw that happen and i i kind of felt i i saw it happen earlier with chrissy with chris and foxen Mm -hmm. You get set up with, so who you're rooting for now? Um, and she handled it like a true professional. And just, I, I don't remember who she said. She said, there's a lot of great players. I hope, you know, X, Y, Z do well. Um, yeah. Then it was with Daniel, who was just visibly frustrated, pissed, you know, got his money in good, essentially soft bubbled, um, trying to go back to back. And, and it's, 
that's a tough one for Daniel. It's yeah. almost like you have to know your, know your audience a little bit. And sometimes you'll get a Daniel that plays ball and he sort of did. He was authentic. He was himself, but then you can also get the Daniel. That's just like, you know, what the fuck, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, I will say this, I, you know, Natalie felt bad. It wasn't her fault when she's told from the back, the questions to ask through the earpiece, she does it. That's part of the job. Um, our producers, our directors that are in the back, these guys are making the biggest and best poker shows, whether it's WSOP, the main event, the bracelet events, it's the same team. A lot of these guys do things like the Olympics. They'll do television. They'll do different sports, right? This is all normal for a, a lot of sports. Uh, I saw a lot of great tennis examples, Djokovic, Federer, when you lose in the quarterfinals, what are your thoughts on, you know, Djokovic loses, what are your thoughts on Federer? Can he, does he have enough in the tank to, to win this thing? Mm -hmm. uh, they answer the question, right? I yeah. mean, that's just what these guys do. It's, it's very normal and a crossover for sports. So I think it goes both ways. I thought it was really funny. Part of, you know, I felt bad for Natalie, but she handled it great. I thought Daniel handled it well, Is it, it was just, maybe kind of bizarre saying that, but he was funny about it. His tweets were funny about it. Um, and I think the producers and directors kind of got what they anticipated, right? We got a ton of reaction and clicks and that's really what making a highlight is all about. Yeah. I, um, I don't really have any problem with the question, uh, in a worrying about hurting feelings sense. Um, and I think Natalie, I, I give a lot of credit to Natalie because she didn't just hear a question that she thinks is a little bit on the cringy side and doesn't want to ask and then just abort after getting a, a, a bit pushback in the response. She dug. She's like, oh, come on. There's got to be somebody, <laughs> right? Like that's a gutsy follow-up in a spot where like you already didn't want to ask the question to begin with. And the guy gave you a response that you were anticipating was going to be you know, not well received and you still follow it. Like that's a consummate <laughs> professional right there. Please don't make this harder than it has to be. Just tell me someone who do you want to win, man? <laughs> like I, honestly, like I think most interviewers would just They're like right there. Just name one. <laughs> you just can you point to the one They're you want to win? With chips. Just name somebody. <laughs> but I, I, I think like most interviewers would, uh. would take that opportunity to abort and, yeah, and just say like, okay, like, uh, you know, sorry about the right, whatever. Um, and I, I like your example of tennis. I think that, I think in these situations, first of all, I hate interviews, uh, like break interviews and stuff like that. I generally hate the line of questioning where you're, you, you try to draw out a hand history of some sort or whatever. Like if we're going to do these interviews, we should be doing them in a more meaningful way. Even if most sports interviews are relatively trite, right? Like just ask something about... So, Something that's unique to this exact moment, not exactly poker itself. Um, but that being said, I like what you point out about like Djokovic uh, and Federer or whatever. But it's a very pointed question, right? It's very specific to uh, filling in the blank for him. So Federer still exists. Do you think he has enough in the tank to, to win, right? That's very different than there are five people left in this event and you're not one of them. Could you pick one <laughs> and tell me who you think the favorite is? After you just lost $300,000 for doing right. so. Uh, and, and again, like this is no fault of anybody's. Like uh, to your point, I think that the producers did get what they want. They want a reaction, right? You ask questions that will, will draw emotion out of the quote unquote athlete or the subject in this, in this case. 
and uh, I think that they got what they wanted. My anticipation is that if Negrano got asked that question every time he busted a major high roller event, he would stop doing interviews. Uh, so I do think that there's like sort of a line there that you have to tiptoe around. Um, <laughs> the the one off of this, like, yeah, this is this is fun to watch. It was actually uh, yeah some good lore here is like somebody in the comments asked Daniel what questions he wanted to hear where it's like uh how does playing high stakes affect you mentally uh things along those lines and then after Brewer bubbled Natalie hit Chris with how does playing high stakes poker affect you emotionally <laughs> that was very intentional by the way yeah, which yeah. is so funny yeah, I started talking great. with texting with Natalie about okay what you know what questions what are you gonna do and I was like you know what just copy exactly what the recommendations were from Daniel. <laughs> she had fun with it. I, 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 she's so talented. She's, she's great at what she does. And I think she makes a lot of these guys comfortable, which yep. includes Daniel. Um, and by the way, I also expected that question when I went back and watched it like three or four times, it was sort of a layup and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you got Jason Kuhn sitting there with all the GG gear on, Right. I mean, it's a clear cut, like, hey, if there's one guy you're supporting and rooting for, it's probably your fellow GG ambassador. Well, I can tell you right now, that was so far and, away from what Daniel was thinking. It was, yeah, <laughs> and, and it was like, wow, I, maybe this is not a layup, and yeah. he's just pissed and like, can't you ask for me? Sure. I'm not rooting for any of them, you know? Right. <laughs> Screw these guys. I just yeah, busted, yeah. which which was a, a much better answer. I'm so glad yeah. we got the, the, the amount of silence of the, I just want to rebuy. It's like, don't do this, man. <laughs> don't do this, please. Yeah. Please don't have me stranded yeah. here. Don't hurt it's great. Me. Which by, you know what else is, is you don't know this, or maybe you do for, uh, for like the main event or bracelet events, whenever you have the sideline reporter questions and those get used, that is one of the most common go-to questions. It's who do you think is going to, you know, take this thing down? Who who's impressed you the most here in the main event, right? Yep. It's, if it's a good answer, they use it and they cut it into the shows. So it's very it's very similar to that event to what we did for Super High Roller Bowl with these questions and the line of thinking and production. This is yeah. also really prevalent in boxing, even yeah. right after the fight. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're punch drunk. They, I mean, you really got to spoon feed them <laughs> a fucking question. Yeah, I, I'm just really sorry it happened to Natalie. I mean, the, Jeff deserved this, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, you get the shit end of the stick here. I'm surprised yeah. nobody asks. Like, Jeff usually does this every year. He does sidelines for, for Super High Roller Bowl. Yeah. Um, and it's typically on the final day. This year, we did all three days with Natalie. And the reason behind that is we had half the field actually request that Jeff is not to be found <laughs> because of the, you know, the curse. So we had no choice, but to just, you know, let's, let's get Natalie in here. She's, she's really good anyway. Uh, and, oh, uh, and then these players don't feel cursed. Platt has actually lost his job over the, the best bit that the world series has ever seen in the boy. You please stand up for me. Has run its full, full course to where now he's lost his job because no one will stand up for him. Yeah. <laughs> now he has to play heads up online and maybe get scammed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, incredible not good. um all right let's let's talk a little bit about the the final table play down because i thought it was a really talented group very interesting dynamics obviously it's impossible to ignore the brewer story and the the fact that it came at the hands of chewy that you know on some level is operating in the metaphysical and you know just truly trusting his gut in spots where he rips it with the king high king tennis space on it's the good. bubble it's good. Of course it's good. It's pure. 
on the bubble, a lot of ICM. You know, we're talking about a 600k pay jump here. Uh, three or four bet jams. The King Ten suited gets called by the Aces. Of course, Brewer fucking bubbles this event with Aces. Like it's becoming storybook at this point. And you know, it, it kind of bookends. Yeah, it book it bookends like one of the wildest downswings we've seen a talented player have with endless amounts of pain and stone bubbles. Like to be the bubble more than a couple of times in your career isn't the I mean, granted, you know, most of the fields that we're all playing are bigger, so like even making it to the bubble is hard. And he's playing smaller fields, so he's gonna be there a lot. But to just be chosen as the man who finishes one out of the money over and over and over again in the sickest ways, Mm -hmm. you know, the ace king versus 10 deuce. And, you know, how many times has his big pairs been cracked when all the money's on the line, that type of thing to have this happen again, (laughs) you know, after he had this like amazing run in between where I assume he, he made back all of his losses and then some. To have it then just come to the most prestigious event of the year at the Super High Roller Bowl, make it all the way down to the final, what was the final five, four cashed? Yeah, five, is that, is that five right? left, four pay. And just like have it all snatched away yeah. in an instant. <laughs> Hand before it, uh, Brewer gets a walk with Jax. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then he gets aces, Chewy opens button, uh, Brewer three best small yeah. blind, and then Chewy uh, rips it. And then uh, Ace of Spades turn. So That's, Chewie <laughs> turns flush. He turns top set. It's like a board pairs on the river and Chris could like stay in the tournament. Nope. Never happened. Which ironically is actually exactly how uh, Chewie effectively lost the heads up match. Gets it all in with Kings versus Ace Seven of Spades. Turns the King of Spades. Queen of Spades. Oh, it was the Queen of Spades? Yeah. Oh. Board pair flop and then he was uh, oh, drawing maybe to a boat. Maybe it was a different hand. Oh, maybe I'm just recounting the aces hand over again. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, uh, Mandela effect. Yep. Mm-hmm. You remember yeah. what you deemed to be true. That's right. I well, was thinking. False. I, I was thinking that <laughs> it happened false. twice, but I guess it only happened once. I uh, take it back. I stand corrected. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, he, he he has the sweat, but that board pair is never coming. Not not the Chris Brewer. Man, if, if, nah, no, 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 no. He runs good now. He want he runs good now. Like he can bubble this things. tournament. Yeah, he, he did well at Triton. Yeah, he did he, do well. He's at he's back. At least it's funny. He's, it is it is always gonna be funny. funny. Bad luck Brewer will never he, not be funny. He's already hopped in the million, the million dollar, dollar drop as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I oh think all is well in uh, in Chris Brewer's world now. He's kind of yeah. He lost he the mullet. F- he reset. He won a <laughs> pile of money. Probably got completely unstuck out of his you know his burial ground. Uh, <laughs> And then sort of the universe just reminded Tim that, you know, hey, still here. <laughs> Man, he but, did get fucked up by Doug. Yeah, in the not that far removed. You he know? remembered the queen and the heads up final four. Oh, yeah. Well, that was right before the upswing. Yeah. That was the, la- that that, was, that was the last of his demons yeah. that he had to expel. Yeah. And then, you know, they're yeah. back. I mean, uh, Doug, you know what, da- Doug you know did what a dance around kind of a- just sick. <laughs> Think about, I mean... Let, let's face it. He's he's an outlier in the respects in regards to the bubble scenarios to just continually have this happen. Yeah. But let's just say, in a normal world where it happens half the time or or twenty five percent of the time when he gets it in as such a big favorite, think about the amount of money that he could oh, yeah. potentially be up. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he yeah. continually puts himself in these spots, going deep in the biggest moments, the biggest buy-ins of the year. If he just ran neutral, like the dude might have all the money in poker. 
it's well, kind of sick. It's kind of what wild. the beautiful aspect of it happening to him at the hands of Chewie, where like Brewer is a mathematician at his core. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, like that's something to the effect of what he studied at Oregon, whether it was you know finance or he was a mathematics major as a whole, like whatever. He has a math derived degree. That and I'm, running, I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? <laughs> um, and then you got Chewie, who is a very intelligent, logical human being. But also just believes in, you know, some metaphysical forces out there that we just don't have oversight and can't really understand. You're saying he willed the he willed the car. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is that well, Brewer is living an existence that actually makes him question the math. Mm-hmm. And Chewie is living an existence where he doesn't give a shit about the math. No. I mean, I can speak from uh, speaking with bro. He's like, yeah, the vibes felt like this was the one. <laughs> right. See, that's what I'm saying. And it was like you ran the, like you ran the HRC sim. Like King Ten is really good because yeah. you don't block the ASEX bluffs for Chris. Like mm. it's polar three bet bluffs. So King Ten does really well. And it's like, yeah, this feels good through study. So he ran it and then got rewarded by doing a good action. And then <laughs> someone's got to get fucked in the process. Someone's got to get fucked. <laughs> someone's gotta get... Yeah. yeah. You read, I mean, honestly, like for the amount of stuff that you do or don't see, especially when it comes to the high roller circuit, uh, like last year, like Chewie kind of got wrecked all intents and purposes playing live. Like you're never going to hear much about like bricking a Derby SOP summer, right. you know, it's either you're going to be in the spot or you're not, or playing win tournaments, Venetian tournaments here and there, you know, 3,500s, like these things add up quick. And like, he kind of had like a rough year last year and like seeing what you see now, it's like, Oh, of course he's always been winning, but sometimes poker's not that easy. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult, man. Online like, Sundays. These too. numbers are all so big, right? Crazy. The, the buy-ins, the wins, they all feel so big and magnified, but like, when you reduce it down to percentages, to, to just sheer ROI, to win rate, to bottom line, to hourly, uh, it, it, it feels, pedestrian is not the right word, but it, it brings even the high rollers back to earth where they are just one of us. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that in a reductive way. Like, clearly they're superior poker players to right. 99.99% of the community. But yeah, but when it comes mm-hmm. to their finances, when it comes to uh, the swings that they suffer, the, 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 the wins and the losses and how much of themselves they actually even get to retain throughout the whole course of it, they're very much on par yeah. with um, you know, just the upper echelon of what this community looks like. We can't quantify the high equity spot. You know, right. like when Chris bubbles a spot with aces, who knows um, how much that was worth to him yeah or it, and it's easy to look at it's like oh like you're back this that whatever it's like that's not it doesn't matter right, right. at the end of the day right. what matters is the spot's worth a lot you win in that spot and you don't bubble versus cashing versus winning right because yeah. there's no you only get to play the super high roller but once a year mm-hmm. you know and sure there's high buy-in spots this time especially more so now but at the same time you don't really know if you can just go on a couple year downswing of playing high stakes poker uh, yeah, and there's just also losing a, MTTs. There's also a small culminating effect, right? Like let's say the difference between him bubbling and cashing is the difference between him having uh 5% or 10% of himself in the million dollar buy-in. Yeah. And let's say he goes on to win the million dollar buy-in, right? That mm-hmm. that's like one of those really unspoken about hidden truths that exist whenever you're you're navigating the high stakes world. It happens to me all the time where uh I might go on a subtle downswing in really really high stake games. Or maybe I go on a, a subtle downswing in like my normal game, right? Maybe I'm on like 150k downswing, and then all of a sudden I'm presented uh, a game that's like 10x the stakes. I have a 501k game, 
Well, now instead of me taking like a quarter of myself or 33% of myself, maybe I only take 20% or 15%, right? right. And, and you, you go and you smash game. it, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's all the butterfly effect and you can't really anticipate it that much. You can just worry about the aggregate. The problem with the aggregate is that when we're playing live, it's so small, mm-hmm. you know, it's so small and so riddled with variants that like you may only get these spots a dozen times in your life. Well, so is like call it high stakes MTTs too. If you're uh, like, if you satellite in, yeah, I'm equating like, the two. Yeah. Like if you're you, shot taking, where it's right. like, okay, how much do you actually take from a responsible sense versus like a, this is kind of a one-off. Like my life's not going to change if I don't. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like I was having this conversation with you who got 11th in the scoop main. And I'm like, I mean, like, you're young, you know, and you're young and you play cash. You're not an MTT guy where maybe that doesn't make as much sense to sell just from, like, the moonshot of, like, winning the tournament for mm-hmm. a million is going to do more for you, the bankroll, than the protecting, selling. like, that extra 25K yeah. or 2,500, whatever. Right, <laughs> if, you're, if you're selling or... It's like, sure, if you want to swap, like, go, like sure. by all means, yeah, but yeah. it's like, to what extent is this actually going to do the whole bankroll management fix for you versus if things do go well? Because most of the times you're going to lose... Right. But you kind of know that when you're playing tournaments and you're not a tournament player. It's like you don't, you don't sell 25% or 75% or whatever it is for the main, right? You keep it because yep. you know that the spot is worth so much and yep. you keep and you swap. So it's like, how do you now quantify the high value spots versus the, oh, these spots are low ROI, but the amount of upside that you do have, be it seven figures where winning six figures online. Generally, in it's going to be less about your spot and more about your finances. Right? Like when you're right. equipped to take the shot, you take the shot. Regardless and of the amount of edge that you may or may not have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we gamble for a living at the end of the day. Right? Like if you're going to play a negative EV game, like say you have a small loss rate for uh, a big buy in event. Yeah, like, like let's say you're, let's say you're a wreck and you have a small loss rate in the, the 10K WPT championship coming up. But you know the first million. place is 5 million and 5 million will change your life. Whereas, you know, Maybe, losing 10k doesn't yeah maybe losing 10k just doesn't like why the fuck wouldn't you you know what i mean like it's a it's it's a loaded lottery ticket mm-hmm. uh where you have a little bit more control yeah i guess that's the matter of it all and it's i think it's different if the finances are going to impact you and like selling makes sense yeah um versus like just taking taking the max of it for the spot because you can make the argument of like okay like why don't you take all of yourself for EPT mains for other WSOP events during the series and things like that where it's like well certain things have different edge you cross those bridges when you get there right but not every tournament that you're going to play is going to have the same upside yeah not to not to get too far off topic here but no please do Landon (laughs) very serious question are you are you wearing pants (laughs) yeah it truly really does not I look like it. It doesn't look like it, but I, I don't see where they... St- I mean, it God, looks open, like... Open your right legs, big boy. The, no, oh, okay, I see. No, it's just kind yeah, of... There's like are. a shadow there in the chair. I know. This it is the one day like I didn't... The shadow, the shadow, like, yeah, like, it they it blended in with the shadow it's, of the chair. It's and because it just looked my like hamstring was so much bigger while you were there. I was like, am I about to see the bag? Like, what is... You know, we get demonetized for this shit. No, you don't. Maybe. Every time he shows his legs, they fucking put a limited mm-hmm. uh, ad suitability on I got, us. I have, I, have, I have good quads now. They're just so far wow, out of my leg. That, wow. I'm incredible. Just, I'm, well, I, I feel better shot. now. For a moment, I was thinking, my God, this this guy's not wearing any pants. He's just, <laughs> I don't know if he realizes the camera's on him. You know, we used to make him wear a blanket, but... The yeah. blanket's right here, but look, I've been good about pants today. I forgot the pants. That's on me. The legs I mean, look pants right, weather. by the way. I'm not... I'm not 
She, I mean, the legs look phenomenal. I, I just I'm trying to, I'm, I'm getting there. We know? might see a little more than the leg, and this no, is a family. No, I'm very shoot. conservative about that. Look, I yeah. always have underwear on as well. See, like I have blue here. Mm -hmm. There's blue. Yeah, there I'm you very, go. Okay, I see the blue very well. That pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. popping out here. It's yeah. Only only two legs are shown. Yeah. All right. I, I, I do want to shift gears a little bit. Good uh, job, Brian. Yesterday we did a, a show where we kind of concluded <laughs> um, speaking about some of the fair play checks uh with gto wizard um a lot of positive hits have been coming through as of late more specifically yesterday we spoke about a uh an account in the new jersey stars pool uh you are nightmare uh he also plays in the uh new jersey nevada world series pool um anyway i wanted to bring this up because today um uh, brock lesnar aka oh no sorry <laughs> It's Brock uh, Lesnar is, is Mike Holtz, aka, AKA Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, aka Mike Holtz. Right. Uh, he put a tweet out uh, accusing accusing yeah. uh, Christopher Battenfield of being an RTA cheat using GTO Wizard nefariously in game as well. Um, he looked up multiple spots. It looks like he went five for five in the fair play check, and all of them came back positive hits. Um, and he's now turned all this over to WSOP. So I want to talk about this a little bit. I want to get your point of view um, as far as what this looks like publicly and what we should be able to, or what we should as a community expect from these scenarios between it being due diligence versus a witch hunt. Uh, and I have a lot of opinions, uh, especially after speaking to GTO Matt a little bit today, but uh, I want to kind of hear your side first, Brent. Yeah, um, I, my first impression is, wow, uh, props to GTO <laughs> Wizard for just having this robust system in place to make it seemingly easy to track down these these cheaters in these spots. And, and I have a great relationship with GTO Matt, as you're aware of, and I can't say enough about the, the great things they're doing behind the scenes to try and sort of put a leash around this technology and the tools that currently exists. Obviously, it's a double-edged sword where you can do this, right? This kid clearly was cheating, allegedly, from the evidence that we're seeing. However, the security that's now been put in place, it's very simple to now catch them. And I mm -hmm. think that that will, the risk of being caught, I think, will now outweigh somebody wanting to cheat. It's just simply too easy. It's definitely a deterrent, WSOP.com sure. is able to implement this and show this and somebody caught them. I imagine the better uh, technological sites, imagine GG and ACR that just are so much probably more equipped on their side internally to be able to also flip the switch. So, I, you know, it, for me, again, it's a double-edged sword. You're able to use these Sims, I guess, in real time, but you're going to get caught. And I think this is a very clear case of just, yeah, you're going to get caught. So I, I have a lot of thoughts on this and I disclosed some of them during yesterday's podcast, but uh, I, I want to re I want to reiterate them and, and echo uh, a lot of these sentiments again, because I think we were uh, maybe kind of wrongfully being portrayed as, uh, you know, calling for people's heads without full proof. Like in this instance, uh, the, the player that um, Mike is accusing is now under review by WSOP and it's in their hands. And the issue is that we as a community will never know the outcome of this. So if he's proven innocent, 
and that these are false positives. And by the way, the system is set up such that false positives are very easy to acquire if you are actually looking to frame somebody, right? So if I see this guy running deep in an event and I have a bone to pick with him, all I have to do is sweat his tables and in real time look up spots in hands that he's involved in. So I have a comment about that. Good. Wouldn't I, so I, I heard you guys talking about this uh, earlier, but wouldn't that be easy to figure out because like, you're you're say you're trying to frame the guy and you're just running these spots as they happen to make it look like he's running the spots but then if you look at his play and he's not making the optimal play over and over again couldn't you be like oh somebody's obviously doing that because he's running these spots but he's not taking the information that gto wizard is giving him yes that would be that would be how he's proven innocent by the operator that's what i'm saying yeah we would never know that he's proven innocent though no but i'm saying what like wouldn't it be able like anybody like would well, be able to look, that, would be able to determine whether he was cheating. Someone that looks at the hand can. because if because if these spots are being run, Brian, where are the hand histories? What's that? Where are the hand histories? On the site. On the site. That I don't have access to as a public viewer. No. Brock can't post any of these hand histories. Oh, uh, Brock can. No, he can't. Why can't he? He would have. I mean, he can go back and replay them. Only, only the ones that he's at the table for. That's what I was saying. Getting at. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but like, if he's not at the right. table, well, you can click replay, but now you have to be Hawkeyeing it, and you can. I can see hands from not be not playing on WSOP. No, you cannot. Yeah, you, you can. can. At at tables that you're not at. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I click the replay button at FT yeah. all the time you, if I'm out can, if I'm not you can on the table. You can replay hands. Only the only it, one after night. another, not all yeah. of them in a row. Correct. But you they need one hand. Right, but it also will not display whole cards. It will. No, 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 it won't. No, it will not. It it won't if you don't go to showdown. If they don't go to sh if it goes to showdown, you'll see the winning hand. Okay, but you but won't you see, won't the, see other the other one. hand. Correct. You won't see the other Correct. Hand. And you only get them one at a time. Yes. Right. So but, you have to now like monitor it. Well, you would have to you would have to be screen recording all of these things. That's my whole point. There's so a lot going th on here. there's absolutely no way for uh, basically this guy's been accused and if he's ever proven innocent we as a community will never know and his name will now be tarnished forever yes it's a witch hunt right well it's not that it's a witch hunt he may very well be guilty yes but we don't know same thing with uh you are nightmare yesterday right if like here's here's the big issue what you're saying is true but it requires cooperation from the operator from gto wizard and somebody to message to the public those three things are not in alignment right now yeah Right? The operators will never communicate to the public. You have to have the Ian Rappaport. Well, no. I mean, sort of. <laughs> Couldn't uh, the person being accused be like, look, all these, spot, the, these spots are saying I'm running. But here's my hands because he has his own hand history. What, what if they're not? He could just be like, community. look, look, if I was looking these up, why, I made the wrong play here. I made the wrong play here. I what if the they don't play. make wrong plays? Well, but nobody plays perfect. That's the thing. Like, no, I mean, but I mean, most of these spots are mixed. Like, right. and it's gonna be. Close. It's not that difficult to find mixes. Yeah, and some yeah. of the spots are like you can play in a certain instance, even if they're not looked up. Someone can pretend to look them up, and if someone's good at poker and has the right sizes, they can just say that you cheated. Right. That like, honestly, what you're saying is not the way that you would prove innocence. The way you would prove innocence would be for GTO wizard and operators to communicate with one another and cross-reference IPs. Is yeah, that not happening? That, no. With, I, I mean, I, that's kind of the way I, I interpreted it with that Some. press release between that. ACR and, and GTA well, Wizard. With, with ACR, we know for sure, yes. WSOP yeah. less so. But we don't know what other operators are in communication with. And here's the big thing. Like, at the end of the day, GTO Wizard is going... I don't want to... It's tough. Because from the community aspect, what I'm about to say sounds uh, ridiculous. Right? But from a 
operator of a business standpoint, what I'm about to say is very true. GTO Wizards is going above and beyond. They don't have to police their own software. Correct. Right? This is not on them, so to speak, as a technological or a technology development company. However, in a community that is potentially wrought with cheating, if they want to exist as a mainstay brand, then it's critical to their bottom line and to their branding that they do go as far above and beyond as possible to help mitigate the problem that their software helps exist, let's say, right? And that's not to say that the problem wouldn't exist if GTO Wizard wasn't around. It certainly would. Lookup databases would still be privatized. They would still be operating. And basically any cheater worth a grain of salt isn't using Wiz, right? This is just low-hanging fruit for lazy people. But nevertheless, it exists. So now what we have is this fair play tool that has armed us to do our due diligence and, you know, basically self-police the environments that we're in. The issue is, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> almost had a double ender. You. <laughs> uh, the issue is mm-hmm. that we don't know the degree of accuracy of these responses, right? Uh, we haven't been messaged in any capacity as far as like what the false positive rate is. And so what now has happened is you have three entities at play, the operators, GTO wizard and the community, and none of them are triangulating, right? Wizard and the operators are to some degree. We don't know to what degree. We don't know how many operators they're in communication with. And we also don't know what the protocols are or how much those conversations are crossing over. There's right? no confirmed voice of the people for the community <coughs> that work with an operator to say, Hey, the- Correct. We've worked together in this guy's game. There never will be either. Like that's that's the big thing that I'm skeptical of. I don't think operators, definitely not in regulated climates like Nevada and New Jersey, I don't think operators will ever divulge to a third party, even if that third party is wizard, um, anything that has anything to do with their security protocols. Right. So I don't think WSOP will ever cross-reference IPs with wizard. It's just yeah, too much I of agree. a security <laughs> risk, right? I just think that they're it they're kind costs of costs money that they don't have. Uh, like it, I don't even know that it costs anything. Yeah. I think that they're handcuffed by gaming. I just don't think gaming will ever allow them to just uh, give out IP addresses. Yeah, to, to yeah, yeah, third, yeah. Party. third party, right? Yeah, it's just effectively doxing people. <sighs> sort of. I, I mean, you know, I don't know that this is written into their TOSs. I don't know if they're allowed to share information. A lot of words that in type that of TOS. Stuff. Yeah, but I'm sure that there's some protective language that keeps your information in-house. Right, so now if they have something that you agree to that says your information stays here, Correct. and a third-party operator says, hey, we need this in order to make sure the games are safe, Correct. they're like, look, we can't help you. Exactly. And you know, just yeah. their general policy is that security stays in-house. Uh, and I understand that that's GG's policy as well. Uh, I don't know to what degree again. But the whole point I'm getting at is... These three parties are not really working in tandem. So what's happening is we as the community are now armed with a fair play check system, right? And we are just assuming that it's accurate. So we're operating off the assumption that it's accurate and we're getting boatloads of positive hits. Now, somebody who's really good at the maths can sit down and say, okay, if we estimate the GTO wizard has... X thousands of users, and we estimate that there's these many flops, 
what's the probability that two users looked up the exact same flop at the exact same time? Right. And we can come up with that that likelihood, They're right? Both cheating. And then we can come up with uh, from there what the false positive rate is likely to be in theory. Mm-hmm. But again, we need information. We, that, that's information we don't have. We don't know how many users GTO Wizard has. How often people are running. <clears throat> right. We don't know what peak <sighs> times look like, how many people are online at peak mm-hmm. times. Uh, all we know is the number of flop sets that exist. Question. Answer. If, uh, well, speculative answer. Sure. Uh, if, let's say, a operator bought a database lookup type of situation, like someone bought... A GTO wizard, would they then be able to use that data in order to make bans uh, instead of it being a third party? Because it's not a third party yeah, anymore. But, uh, yes, but it would only be for that exact operator. Right. So the only so the it only, doesn't really solve the problem. Well, let's just say for like the GGWSOP, uh, call it partnership, it would only work for G. It would only work for like the GG online site probably. Like, you wouldn't get banned from Caesars if you cheated on GG. Well, correct. I mean, again, I don't know enough about what happens in-house with all of these properties. Um, <clears throat> you know, we saw with the Ali stuff that it seems very unlikely that they're sharing blacklists amongst one another. Right. Uh, perhaps that is occurring at some level in the gray markets, like the GG, Stars, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's almost certainly not happening between, like, Stars New Jersey and WSOP mm-hmm. New Jersey. Uh, type stuff so again like this is a very complex multi-layered problem that we as the community are only armed with so much and unfortunately by gto wizard really trying to do their damnedest to help mitigate the problem they've kind of opened a pandora's box where it is a double-edged sword but not in the sense of uh there's this tool available that you could potentially cheat off of and then there's this risk of getting caught it's more of a double-edged sword in the sense that there's this tool that can be used for good to study or for nefarious reasons to cheat and then there is this large group of uh community members that are highly vigilant in wanting to catch people using it for the wrong reasons yeah that false positive that crosses over now becomes where the witch hunt occurs. Mm-hmm. If the false positive is like Leo in the movie looking at the screen and like pointing, it's like, I knew this guy was cheating. Like here, of, here's the false, like here's the spot lookup that says that at this time this was looked up. Yeah, but but like it's because it ends there. The communication just ends there. So Brock or, uh, you know, Mike is going <laughs> to reach out to WSOP with all of his evidence. They're going to suspend this account and they're going to look into it. And then the only answers that we'll get is somewhere down the line if this account shows back up or not. Right. We're never going to know if they actually got caught. Right. And if he is exonerated, if he is exonerated, we'll never be able to walk it back because we'll never know. Yep. Right? Same thing with UR Nymir. If, if he, that. <laughs> if so he is just like found to be... Well, here's the thing. If he just continues to play, he's not, exa- he's not necessarily exonerated. Right, it it could just be that stars doesn't give a fuck, and never cared about the queries that were sent their way, as far as is this guy cheating or not? Right, they just may never look into it. Can't they? Can't they? I mean, I guess they can. They won't. I don't know why they wouldn't. But <laughs> That's like, normally well, can't the answer. Can't they say to we these. didn't? We did an investigation and we found no evidence of cheating. They can't could. They, like that. That seems like that they would could, be, but they won't. But but why? Because of the player data stuff. 
I imagine, right? Because uh, they, they can't openly like I can say understand, it. I can understand them, not saying that, like... to a lawsuit. Let's imagine that PokerStars says, yes, we found out that this guy was cheating, and now this guy comes after PokerStars. Like... Well, they'll never, they'll, they'll, they'll never no, say no, that. That's the other Brian's, way. Brian's saying the I'm opposite. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying, like, they can say, hey, we did an investigation. We didn't find anything. They're, they're, Where, Brent's point that, is valid. That's different than saying... Uh, it's not different. It's not different. It's just... It's, a diff it's different to different parties. Brent's point is very valid. What's their upside? Right? Now all they're doing is saying that the whistleblower was, was just dead wrong. And yeah. that GTO Wizards lookup check is... Uh, Useless. Is riddled with false wrong. positives. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. for them... For them, there's high upside to disqualify the fair play check, right? All operators have high upside to basically say this fair play check is shit, right? Because if the fair play check is accurate, then cheating is happening at a rampant pace. And they don't want that. And they don't want that. Right. They definitely don't want that to be public if it is true, right? right? Because it means their security is heavily flawed. If uh, the fair play check is riddled with false positives and unreliable, then uh, now they basically are disqualifying somebody that they may be partnering with or working with behind closed doors. Uh, and yeah. they're also disqualifying community members for actually reaching out and being vigilant, right? right. So it's a lose-lose to message in any capacity when you're an operator. Um, but it's also yeah. a big loss for the community Right, it sucks for the community, for sure. Right? It sucks for the individuals because we have to just keep calling them out. Like, mm -hmm. I was talking to Matt about this today, and I said, like, listen, uh, it, it's a weird spot for us as a platform with a voice because either we point out that there may be a high false positive rate but we have no idea like i have no idea what the inaccuracies are maybe it's one percent maybe it's 30 percent. i have no clue right i'd just be speculating mm -hmm. or we shine a light on the people that are you know having a half dozen positives come out and say look be weary wary yeah wary weary is weary. tired wary Wary. Wary. Yeah, be wary. Beware. Be wary. <laughs> be wary of this individual. He may be up to no good kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But now we shine a spotlight on somebody in a way where it's like we're soft accusing them. Right. 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 It's kind of like you said, you just turn to someone's name and they could be completely innocent. Correct. Which, yeah, but which like, it just sucks for them. Right. And, and like from our vantage point, it's like at no point in time did we say that that Simon was cheating at no point in time today. Did I say that the player accused, I can't recall his Battenfield. name. Battenfield. Uh, Battenfield never said he's cheating. We're just right. presenting what is out there what as is public happening. knowledge yeah. that they pop positive on five straight GTO wizard checks. Yeah. Right. So that's just a thing. Well, so that's like you said earlier, like the here, welcome to Pandora's box. Right. Because without this public pressure, without us putting upward pressure on the operators, do you think stars would have ever listened to uh, the, the, the person who submitted yesterday's claims. Unlikely. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, right? Speculative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same thing with like GTO Wizard. Like uh, they're going to be inundated. Both, both operators and Wizard alike are going to be inundated with people sending fair play check. Mm -hmm, for sure. So what, what happens? It's largely going to get ignored. Correct. It yeah, just has now, to. I, I just think that both the tools and tech from you know, the solver side of things, as well as the operator, if you're, you know, GG or if you're WSP.com, it's at such an infancy. I mean, this yeah. is just starting to now be heavily used, right? There's so many people now subscribing and have memberships of GTO Wizard. It's inevitable that operators will have to do something mm -hmm. in order to accommodate and protect their players. And I think that's where GTO Wizard came out of the gate 
giving the oper- operators really a chance saying, Hey, we, we can help you. Yeah. Yes, that's why I agree. Schools, and we can also help. That, that's why I agree the most with you. Um, I kind of equated it to the analogy of uh, a gun manufacturer versus uh, somebody who distributes guns, right? The manufacturer has almost no red tape. They just build a working product, right? And they continue to improve upon that technology. They, they just build bigger and better guns that are yeah. you know, good at being guns, right? The distributors have to deal with all of the red tape. They have to ensure proper safeties. Uh, they have to ensure that each gun is up to uh, safety protocols. Background they have to ensure background and checks and that you know the, the guns stay in the proper hands. They're under a lot of regulation, right? With GTO Wizard, they're a tech company. They're just building the tech. That's it at the end of the day, right? But they're also distributing the tech. So maybe some onus does fall on them to create a product that is uh, safe to be used with, with, within the r- confines of just study. Right, and I do think that they're doing the right thing by getting ahead of it. Uh, I also think that in this landscape, as it exists, nobody's going to hold their feet to the fire. No one's going to stop buying GTO Wizard because it was being used improperly, right? And they're not the only product on the market like this. There's a lot of lookup databases. None of them, to my knowledge, have much in the way of fair play checks or, or um, you know, regulatory things that prevent them from being used in real time. So your point, Brent, is very true in that the problem is not going away, right? These public companies are just shining a light on what had already existed privately and are now bringing it to scale, which puts the operators in a position where they absolutely have to act. And they can either choose to work with these companies and you know onboard them in a way where they become a part of the security and this stuff now just gets automated, right? Where like somebody pops positive for five fair play checks, it just dings, goes through the database, cross-references the IPs, sees what the overlap is, what the likelihood of cheating is, et cetera, et cetera. Right there, you develop a set of protocols mm-hmm. between the two companies, between the operators and GTO Wizard. And when right. enough protocols pop positive, this person's a cheater, you ban them, that type of thing. Or everybody just keeps operating as an individual and well, now we just have a bunch of vigilantes running around. Yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> the community keeps crying wolf. Certain people who may or may not be cheating get thrown under the bus. You merely adopted the sim. I was born in it. <laughs> and, and, you know, GTO Wizard kind of takes the shit end of the stick because it's like not only did they create this product, but they also created the tool that allows the community to weaponize the product onto others. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a really... <laughs> It, again, it's it's we're right in the beginning of tools and tech on both sides of the spectrum, and I just yep. think it's going to take more time. And all the steps are are seemingly headed in the right direction. And by the way, I mean you know this, but GTO Wizard is currently the only mass tech and tools site out there for for players to get their hands on at a public scale. Uh, more of that is going to be on its way as well, right? I mean, I there's, mean there's a few others. There's Prometheus. There, there are. There's and... Prometheus, and there's there's obviously Octopi Poker, which which you're yeah. familiar with, and like there's stuff coming, and, and there's yeah. going to be more and more for the players to get their hands on that are great learning tools, great learning technology, and now again the onus really just ultimately becomes on the operator. Okay, how can we counter this? How can we work with these with this tech company and make sure that it's not a problem for our players and, and protect our players? Yeah, and unfortunately, it seems like they're always playing catch up. Like 
yeah. to some degree, this was always going to be predictable once PO launched. The the notion that databases were going to be created. I, I mean, it, people are just doing this in private. People yeah, made it, aggregate reports. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's unfortunate, but it's like you know, this is where like WPT Global is pretty sharp because they hired John Andreas to be a part of their security team. Like he's going to have his finger on the pulse of the high stakes community. He's going to know what the next wave of tech is. And hopefully he's going to help them get ahead of the curve and start building these APIs ahead of time, right? Yeah. That can start to automate these processes, but it's tough. It's a big ask, you well, know? Like there's like a big issue in the sense of how many people are going to potentially get left in the wake of Wolf Hunter. Well, that's happening now though. Yeah. Well, right. it's just a matter of like, to what extent is that going to be not accepted or declined, but like, what's the number that's going to be okay? I mean, the thing is, is that uh, this isn't the court of law. So the notion of no. innocent until proven guilty just isn't going to apply. This is the court of public opinion. So well, people and people love the drama of saying someone's guilty. Yeah, they do. But I mean, the Not, truth is, we're just self-policing the pool, right? This has been happening for decades with far less proof. Like, we'll just see some sketchy hand histories. I mean, go through the two plus two forms, right? Like, uh, like you are nightmare was uh, accused of many different forms of cheating through two plus two and Reddit and other forums. Just never really anything specific with anything tangible other than he tanks for every decision. Yeah. Right? Prior, prior to what we found out yesterday? Yeah. So there's a lot of threads that were just speculating that he wasn't on the up and up, mainly because he was exhausting time bank in all decisions, right? That speculation you know, has been around forever. Go ahead, Brent. I, I, sorry to, to jump in, but I mean, just thinking too, it, there's a world in which somewhere down the road in the near future, this becomes sort of state regulation where say the tools in tech, call it GTR wizard, Prometheus Octopi, what is, you're not even allowed to have a solver without a delay, right? Think about mm -hmm. our production company and, and the streams that we're all watching. You have right. to, by gaming, be on a 30 minute delay. If you want to own a tools and tech company, you may have to have a, you know, 90 second delay or, or 60 minute delay, whatever it is on, on anything you want to run. I don't that think that doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't think that'll ever exist though. Um, mainly it, because I, I, it could though. Like, well, I don't, that's why I don't, sure. I don't think we can ever say ever. Well, if, I get, yeah, I, I, sorry. I guess my point is, is that you don't need a gaming license to create these tools. And that's where the jurisdiction for Nevada gaming, et cetera, et cetera, would, would end. Um, so like with you guys running streams, you're doing so in a casino. So you fall under the rules and regulations of gaming, right? Um, these third-party tools are meant to be used as study features, not to be used in, co uh, in collusion with um, regulated gaming. And moreover, like, we're not even to a point where the market's regulated from the gaming side, right? Like, right. But, of all and the and sites, I think that that will exponentially continue to grow, just yeah. as we're seeing with sports betting, just as yep. we're seeing with DFS markets. What I think could happen from an operator's perspective is if they can make a clear-cut case that, hey, our, our, a lot of our players, we need to protect them. They can lobby for this sort of law, if you will, or regulation to be put in place. I'm not saying they will, yeah. but I, I can see a world in which that's kind of the step from the operator's perspective to get out in front of this, to now make this a regulation for the tools and tech operators and builders uh, on that front. I know what you're saying. I, I understand. I, I just think that there's enough disconnect where uh, that, that just seems incredibly improbable. It also like just drives these tools back into the black market. 
rather than um, public because they just don't function as study tools if you have any real sort of delay. Like GTO Wizard AI as it stands, which was formerly Ruse, will execute, I believe, a 10 second delay that continues to get longer um, whenever you run a bunch of sims back to back to back to back. Right. And like I can tell you when I was studying for Airball, it was absolutely beyond frustrating to just like want to dedicate two hours to running spots and know that after the first 10 or 15 minutes, you have to wait 30 I, seconds I was going to be on these long delays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it just kind of like curbs the actual usage of the tool yeah. for what it's intended for. Um, but more importantly, like even like looking at the sports betting market, which is highly regulated by comparison to poker, they're never going to start to take something like um, what's what's Bales is uh, DFS model. Oh, uh, fantasy. Uh, what the heck is that? Fantasy called? Labs. Fantasy yeah. Labs. Fantasy labs, fantasy yeah. labs. Yeah, they're never going to take like Fantasy Labs and slap regulation on it. Uh, it's an ancillary market. It, it's it's really beyond their their jurisdiction, as far as I can tell. Um, well, I mean, like, when it comes to sports betting, they can just, like, not give action to people. In some yeah, regards. yeah. But that's the most they can do. Right. But the actual policing of the, the tools that are utilized to either make people better or to allow like them to cheat. Using algorithms to right. make decisions. Right. Like, uh, yeah, DFS can do a lot of things to make it difficult for an algorithm or a script to enter lineups. But they could never actually police the scripting side of things, right? They could never, they could never uh, slap regulation on fantasy labs to not own an algorithm or a script right. that can populate lineups. And like, it's the same thing in the sense of if it's an algorithm that populates it, it could be done through human calculation and labor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they're just automating the process. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the best they can do is just make it difficult to convert that automation. Right. Uh, you know, the other thing too, to think about is, which maybe this is what GG is kind of doing on their side. Um, and I'm speculating. I have no idea if this is true, but <laughs> sports books can sports books can just simply not take your action and say, you're not allowed to bet here anymore. And they don't have to provide a reason. Same with online uh, yeah, poker. I was going to say that. Yeah. WSOP.com mm -hmm. for sure is the exact same way they can there, ban there you, you just go. because so they want to get enough of these hits, right? That's just simply saying, listen, we don't, it doesn't matter if we have proof or not. You're right. just not welcome to play here anymore. Yeah. And you're going, mm -hmm. you know, you're just yeah. going to have this sort of system, I think, in place that for no rhyme or reason, which I, I understand can be dangerous. You could just be a great player. You could be Ike Caxton crushing mm -hmm. everything. You're a human solver and, and essentially get, you know, banned from a side. I agree with you. I, I do think happen. that this it happens to sports betters all the time that are really yeah. sharp. I, I do think this is viable. I think it's a very, uh, it's a very unfavorable direction for the community to take, especially because like now we can almost weaponize the fair play tool. Correct. Like you have a tough player in your pool. Okay. Let's start following him around for a few days, uh, looking up all of his spots, turning all these spots into WSOP, knowing that they're not going to overly scrutinize. And they're just going to say, yo, this guy has like 15 direct hits of having looked up a spot. Like let's just ax him. You know, he's not, yeah. he's not doing anything for the site. He's not generating enough rake. Like he's not worth us keeping around. And looking into this further um so yeah it, it it's worrisome man uh, i think we're all looking very short term though uh i think your your points are very valid we're we're very very young yeah. at this stage and we don't know what the security looks like in any of these operators right we don't know what's going on behind closed doors really what we're mostly speaking to is what's happening in the public sphere right the accusations are going to continue to pile in 
And there's a certain aspect of needing to amplify them in order to get the operators to pay attention, right? And unfortunately, that comes at the cost of people's names getting dragged. And we'll never be able to undrag them because we never know when they're proven innocent, if they're ever even proven innocent, yeah, right? Especially now they don't like, really get their due process. The I will IP say, though, stuff. if you're typically innocent in a spot like this, mm -hmm. you have the opportunity on your own to just get out there publicly, take interviews, go to poker news, do all this, and just say, listen, I am innocent. You can run this yeah. all you want. You fight it to the yeah. death, right? Yeah, and eventually, I, it's probably pretty clear when somebody's telling the truth or whether they're just full of shit. Right. And I haven't seen anybody that's been accused even try and deny it at this point. Right. right. Good example can just be someone accuses you and just like, okay, I'll record my screen and play. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. very fair. And then you have the site and operators like have someone on their side look at it and say, okay, like, uh, let's look at this flop. Let's see what like, these yeah. sizes, these textures. It's these. annoying to have to jump through those hoops as a player, but that's just the kind of world we live in right now. Right. Like if, if someone had said like, oh, like I played five spots against Landon, like these are very similar. I'm like, okay, go to twitch.tv slash Landon Tyson. <laughs> September is over, but still. Yeah, very nice, Landon. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Brandon, I'll let you put the kids to bed. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it Thank as always. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget, we do have a new episode of On Second Thought out on uh, sulfurwide.io as well as a new course by Matt Hunt called Keep It Simple. Watch the first episode today. It was great. It really is good. Yeah, it's really if good. You, uh, if you have any struggles with uh, kind of the complexity of, of not just poker, but poker study, where to begin, how deep to go with it, I think that this course is a fantastic The tortoise likes addition. to keep it simple. Of course you do. <laughs> Kiss method, baby. That's right. Paul Shoddy taught us what that's a young right. age. Keep it simple, stupid, baby. That's right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. I think we're back at noon tomorrow. Uh, pay attention to the Only Friends uh, Twitter for official updates on the time. If I do get a seat, we'll be at 6 o'clock. But as of now, we're at noon. So we'll see you tomorrow. Full cast in, in tow. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye.